Hello, this is Andra. Welcome to Ooh, All the Feels, the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back to season two. And I want to make sure that everyone stops right now. Go to your listening platform. I want you to subscribe. And I also want you to leave a review if you on Apple. You can also uh, tag us in your post on social social media and share to everyone so they can listen to the podcast. So that's what I want you to do. But more importantly, I'm so glad you guys are back for season two. I hope you have listened to all of season one. And so we're going to kick it off today. I have another male guest, which I always get very excited about my male guests because I think it's good to listen to life from both sides of the coin. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to David. David, how are you today? I'm doing very well, and I'm excited to kick off season two. Well, awesome. So, yes, um, I put in, I guess, an ad <laughs> on my pages. And so I was asking people if they feel comfortable sharing or if they know anyone else who would feel comfortable sharing just about relationships, life in general, uh, transitional phases, all those type of things we go through in life. And so David is someone uh, that someone referred to me. And so we had a conversation and he can tell you a little bit about himself. And then we'll just hopefully have as, as casual conversation as I normally do with all there of you my go. Kids. So that's what I'm really looking forward to today. So go ahead, David, introduce yourself. You can give as much or as little, whatever works for you. That's kind of scary. <laughs> but let's go ahead and start with, I'm um, just happy to be here. You know, my name is David. I'm a dentist in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm a father of three. I got three grown kiddos, 25, 26, 27, boy, boy, and girl. Um, I was married for about 20 years. And I think we're going to title this podcast, well, my title for the podcast will be Dating After Divorce. So I was married almost 20 years. Uh, my wife pulled the trigger for the divorce. After the divorce, I have lots of anger issues. So I had to address those before I had to move on in any other relationship. And I kind of knew that. So a friend of mine was going to this divorce recovery seminar in downtown, but it was a kind of a sketchy area of town. So she asked me if I would go just as like a companion. And I said, you know, what the heck? You know, there's no way I'm getting anything out of this. But I went. I loved it. I grew. I got rid of my anger issues. I ended up becoming a facilitator for eight years, which I never thought I'd do of the same recovery place because I saw one of the proctors. He, he was at a Christmas party one year and he said, David, have you ever thought about being a facilitator? I said, oh, heck no, I ain't doing that crap. And, and he bugged me and bugged me and I finally did it and I did it for eight years and I loved it. Okay. I really love seeing the progress. It was an eight-week seminar the progress of the students between week one and week eight and mm -hmm. just seeing that healing, allowing them to move forward. So that's kind of it in a nutshell at this point. So what do you think you were angry about after your divorce? Um, it wasn't any cheating. It was just some backstabbing, uh, some lies. I think looking back on it now, I, I could have done a better job of trying to handle it. But, you know, sometimes when relationships fail, especially 20-year relationship, things get blown out of proportion and you just don't, you're not able to handle it. And once you figure out you can handle it, you have to get help. 
Mm. Okay. Some backstabbing. So basically, could it say communication broke down or you guys didn't? I want to say basically the communication broke down. You know, she was on one highway and I was on the other. You know, we could have fixed it, but it wasn't fixed. And the kids were in the middle. I can tell you this. If you're going through a breakup, divorce, breakup, and you have kids together, do not use the kids as a pawn or a weapon. That is so ill-mannered. Yes, it is yep. for both sexes. Oh, definitely. And I know that there are, you know, women normally get the bad rep for doing that, but there are some men out there that... I've seen and heard that too, correct. When did you notice that the relationship was almost unfixable? Pretty much uh, the last year, right before she asked for the divorce. My situation was interesting because she asked for the divorce twice. So she asked for it once and I convinced her to rescind it. And I thought everything was fine. And then she asked for it again. I said, hey, let's go. Let's just get it over with. And it cost me an arm and four legs, but it was worth mm-hmm. every four legs that I have. And you <laughs> well, never, you oh man, I, I had four. She took them all. <laughs> And you never, ever, ever stay for the kids. Never. never. I don't believe in that either. Uh, I've definitely met a lot of men who are unhappy. They may or may not be cheating. And their thing is, I'm staying for the kids. And that's the bigger picture. But wrong answer. Gotcha. Because the person gets gets unnerved. The kids are unnerved. It's just a bad circumstance. And I've seen people hang in there for years and decades. And then they live to regret it later. Because it's all about happiness. Everybody needs to be happy. Yes. And the happiness needs to be, I guess, we need to find happiness ourselves. And I also believe that when you're in a relationship with someone, a covenant, you are also responsible for a portion of their happiness. But you can't make other people happy. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. You cannot make, you can't make me totally happy. You're not all encompassing. But I think, you know, we're depending on each other for just a small portion, yep. not a lot, not totality. But I can go with that. Yeah. Yeah. As I always say, like, we all have our own set of instructions we come with. So when you get into this relationship, you got to learn how to work this new person. And I think through the working of the person or learning about the person, that's when you, you kind of take on a portion of their happiness. Oh, but definitely. Not yes. The overwhelming codependency. I can't do this or live without you or I need you to fill every void. Not yep. that type of happiness. Yes. So ironically, I was married. That's my correlation to Colorado is that my ex-husband, he was born and raised in Fort Collins and then we lived in Denver. And so um, I had an experience to where I grew up uh, in a very religious type setting. So I didn't know what dating really was supposed to look like i knew sex was for marriage i knew marriage was supposed to be forever but i didn't have the best examples of what relationships were supposed to look like you also kind of just date with a different intent like dating every guy dated i thought he was supposed to be my husband growing up i've heard that before you're not the first one to say that i married this guy and I was like oh he's gonna love me like Christ loved the church and that was not the case and we ended up divorced three years after we were married we stayed together for about a year and a half then we separated and then we were divorced so that's kind of the story on my marriage 
the quick turnaround and then I have a son from that marriage. Mm -hmm. So it was just a very uh, speedy process, but the breakdown was almost immediately. I could have left before we got married, but I was big on, I made a commitment to someone. And then when we got married, we went through marriage counseling for nine months, the whole time I was pregnant. And then it was just, it was just not good. Like right out of the gate, right out the gate. Right after mm. the game. So. Yeah, mine was pretty good about 15 years and then it just started to erode after that. So what were some, if you don't mind sharing some that you can, what were like some events that began to cause the erosion or what did you see or what did, if she shared anything with you, what did she say caused the erosion? I think mine was more of a power struggle. Her family got involved in some things. You know how they say that when you get married, that's your first family. Your second family is the one you came from. Our first mm-hmm. family was never our first family. Her family was always involved in our stuff and that undermined a lot of things. Just some decisions that she made and some that I made. It was almost to the point like it was irreparable. Mm-hmm. And then after everybody left or after the divorce was over, I think my happiness, even after I did the divorce recovery, was much better. And what's interesting about that, even to this day, I feel if she wouldn't have pulled the trigger, I would still be in it. So she actually did you, me a favor. Would you be unhappy in it? Yes. Yes. She, yeah, she, she, she actually I did me a favor. Too. Yeah. She actually did me a favor. Yeah. My ex-husband... I moved back home to Houston for work and he was still in Denver. And so I would come and visit and my baby was about uh, probably six or seven months old. And so I'm headed back home and he tells me at the security checkpoint that he wanted a divorce. And so I, I was, I was devastated, Mm -hmm. but I, I knew we were not a good match. Like once we actually got married, I knew we were not a good match for several reasons. So initially I was just devastated and I didn't know how I was going to kind of move forward because I had this baby. But it, after all of it is said and done, I was very glad that I was released because oh, yeah. I much better in the marriage forever, just trying to make it work because I'm very big on commitment and yeah. following through. So everybody out there that's in a toxic going nowhere relationship, you really need to think about it. You really need to get out of it. You need to be happy. Happiness is not overrated. That's all I can tell you. No. And it's not an easy road, but it's still not overrated. Yes. There are so many things that goes with happiness and I think we all would like companionship and I think we you know, I always tell people the animals got on the ark in pairs. Yep. <laughs> so I think we want it and we need it, but you still have to find it and it has to find you and it has to be right. And yep. it was just not the case with the marriage. So he's remarried and he has a child. He has another child on the way um, and that works for him. Yep. But uh, wish I've always wished him the best. It was really one of the most freeing moments in my life. I've turned into a whole nother person, but I think a better version of myself after the divorce. There you go. So now let's I talk post divorce. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was just about to say. So tell me how it's been after the divorce. Post divorce was interesting. Um, I kind of got out of the gate quick, quicker than I should have. There was a bunch of meaningless things and 
then there was a couple of serious things. And, you know, that first relationship out of the gate after being divorced, I call it the rebound relationship. Even mm. though you think it's going to go great and I'm never going to date again, most of the time it goes horribly wrong because you have unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And that gets you in trouble every single time. And with all the ones I've dated, I've tried to learn what not to do with every breakup or every relationship. I've dated women with kids, without kids. Um, if you and that individual don't have the same thoughts about raising kids, it ain't going to work. Not even a little bit. So tell me a little bit about that, because there's this new... I don't know if it's a new philosophy, but I think it's becoming more prevalent in men and it may be more in black men where they're feeling like they don't want to date women with kids. Hmm. That's a good one, because I've talked about that with my friends. Um, let's start from the from the get go. I'm old school. I used to beat mm-hmm. that ass when they were little, just straight up old school, because I tell you about my mom. So my kids mm-hmm. are all no jail, no drugs. They're all successful, grown adults. Uh, just because we had, uh, they had consequences. And I'm a firm believer in that. You know, you don't have to kill them, but you got to sometimes take them close. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so if you're with a person who doesn't think the same as you or their son or daughter runs over them and talks back to them, that's one thing that raises the hair on the back of my head, back of my neck is when okay. a kid talks back to somebody or actually hits them. I mean, just I've seen all kind of stuff that I would choke Mm -hmm. a kid out for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So from that standpoint, there are some men out there that say I'm not going to raise anybody else's kid. But there are some men out there that want to raise a kid, but you got to be on the same page. That really helps. Yeah. And if not on the same page, it's not going to work. Trust me. I know. So when do you think is a good time to introduce kids to someone you're dating? Man, you break out all the good questions. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Depending on the age of the kid, um, hopefully the kid's out of diapers. That that kind of helps, especially at this age. <laughs> that helps. Lady, if you've got a newborn baby, that is so suspect. Okay, honey? <laughs> um, uh, wow. If, you know, the kid's in grade school, you want to make sure that you and, and the other person are really vibing and getting along and a couple of months down the road seeing people introduce kids like the second date and it's like Mm -hmm. you know you you know that kid's bonds to that person and all of a sudden that person's gone and so there's another void you know sometimes there's a revolving door so i always wait like when i was dating women with young kids which i will never ever do again i wait a couple of months and so the young kids off limits you want them potty trained you want them in middle school (laughs) I turned 60 last September. Come on. You're 60? <laughs> I'm 60. Yes, wow. I'm an oh, yeah. OG right now. I'm almost grown. Like, I'm a, grown. I'm an OG. You're an OG. Oh, yeah. You know, as long as you are working out and oh, yeah. riding. I ride that mountain bike and that road bike to keep up with these young Gs, so that's it's okay. <laughs> but no, I, you know, you know, the kid thing, at this point, they got to be in college or grown. Okay. So, yeah. In college or grown. Okay. Yeah, so yeah because I'm at that grandpa stage right now. Most of my friends are grandparents. <laughs> you, you know, I don't want to bring my three-year-old stepson to the party and they bring in their, and my kids bring in his grandson. It's like, nah. I got you. Yeah. So, what's your age range right now? 
that you like to date? You know, I'm not going to say age range because I might get in trouble because okay. right now my girlfriend is 43. Okay. And I'm 60 and we have a great time. We've been together two years and she is wonderful. I got lucky. Okay. I got real lucky because I've, I've spent my wheels and toss and turn and b- bounce around and I got the cream of the crop. And how many years did it take for you to get get, get your cash crop? Oh, man. 10, 11, <laughs> nine and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But, you know, I went through some some knuckleheads, some chicken heads, some some thigh heads, some oh, just boneheads. And women do, too. Oh, not yes. just I men. Have my share. Women. There are definitely more episodes to come, people, that will <laughs> go through that. I'm not done. <laughs> But you got to go through that. You got to pay your dues. You know, you got to go through the chicken heads, the bone heads, just to get to that gravy. You know, the gravy rises to the top. Yes. Yes. That's what they say. And there is a huge element of luck. I don't care what anybody says. It is luck. Huge luck. Hmm. You can put the right profile. I help a lot of my friends write their profiles, which is kind of fun because I'm not dating them. So I haven't put anything down. But uh, from that standpoint... And it's crazy out there. I've got to tell you or or your listeners and for single people, it is nuts out there. Almost scary. Young, old. It doesn't matter. It's very scary. Yep. So do you, did you find your girlfriend on a dating app or how did this come? I have never been on a dating app. Okay. (laughs) I have been lucky. I have found them never church through other friends, a couple of patients with that, which I hate to say. (laughs) <laughs> the one I have now, we met while dancing. Two different groups would go out dancing, and we see them sometimes, and we danced. And, you know, I was shaking my groove thing, and she couldn't get enough. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay, shake it till OG, hey, OG, representing. <laughs> so are you originally from Colorado? Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. I went to school in Omaha. I went to Creighton, and I've been in Colorado 33 years. Matter of fact, February 4th is my 33rd anniversary of being open. Wow. When I lived in Colorado, of course, I had a limited experience because I was married, but I just felt like men in Colorado were different compared to men from the South. Like it was just totally, gosh, which is, I feel like I married someone who really grew up sheltered and just did not have a lot of common sense. Um, Gosh. I, I don't see you don't know me personally. Yeah. Street <laughs> sense. You talk about common sense. Street sense. What, yeah, what kind of sense? Like okay. None of that. Okay. And just a very sheltered life. I almost to a certain degree felt like I married an Oreo. Mm-hmm. And so when we moved to the South, it became even more noticeable. But it was just different. Yeah. I'm, I'm open to dating anybody from any state. The South is a little bit different than the Midwest or the West as we are up here. A lot of guys here are kind of uptight. You know, a lot of guys in the South are more open to things. And it all depends. Once again, I hate to tell you that luck factor is huge. Okay. It is. A friend of mine tells me that you got to kiss a lot of frogs to get that prince or that princess. And sometimes you got to do the work. You know, you got to show your work. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta do the work. And yeah. so then the other thing for me, I think, in dating Maybe yeah, I've tried it once or twice, but is do you approach a man or do you allow him to approach you? I think at this day and age, if you want something, you have you have to go get it. 
Okay. I would have never uh, approached my girlfriend now unless she approached me. Oh, okay. I would have never thought that that could have been me, but she threw out the hook and I swallowed that thing whole. Wow. Yeah. So okay. this is a new day and age. You know, if you want something, don't wait for it. Make a move. Okay. Bust a move. Bust a move. Yeah. How long do you think someone should wait between starting a new relationship after getting out of another? Oh, man. Another good question. Dang, you're on a roll. Um, oh, man. Personally, for me, I say you get back on the horse, especially if it was ugly and it was brutal and you just wasted your, well, it's never a waste of time, but you thought you wasted your time. Nothing better to get back on the horse. Just jump straight into it. Yep. Own it, through it, to it, something it. But but that's not for everybody. It's not. Yeah. I, I've kind of had that philosophy yeah. most of, I guess, over the past four or five years because I did a lot of volume dating. I dated whomever I wanted to, whenever I wanted to. Uh, no one was really giving me a commitment. And yep. so it wasn't like, you know, that's another you know, philosophy of dating is do you just invest into one person at a time or do you invest into multiple people? See, a friend of mine told me once, to she said that that she only dated to get married. And I think that's not a good way to approach dating because when you date, you're getting ready to know someone, get get to know them. Maybe this mm-hmm. isn't Mr. Right. Maybe this might turn into a friendship, like an everlasting friendship, but you don't date to get married. That kind of pigeonholes you into a certain lane. Gotcha. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Do we believe that we need marriage at this point? Oh, another one. Um, coming from an, from an OG, I'm still open to that. Because mm-hmm. I ain't getting in trouble when she hears this podcast, but I'm still open to that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> I am open to that. I have never closed that door. Actually, that door was closed when I first got divorced because, you know, you're mad, you're angry. I'm never getting married again. But no, since then, my heart and my soul have softened. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But, you know, there's people that go out after divorce, get married right away. It's like, man, what are you doing? Oh, that's crazy. I feel like men are easier. It's easier for them to do that than for women to do that. Because they want somebody to take care of them. They're lonely and they're used to their wife taking care of them and they want somebody else to take care of them. They want somebody else to fill those shoes. But how is it that men can get a divorce the next year they're married to someone else? These women they attract are ready to you know, refill the shoes of whomever. And then like for me, I've been divorced for 11 years Mm -hmm. and I've had men, you know, that's the new thing. Every man that meets you and approaches you, they dangle the marriage thing. You know, it's just like passing out peppermints at church. Everybody's like, (laughs) everybody gets one. (laughs) Right. Everybody gets one. You so you marriage ready girl. And I'm like, okay, but you know, that's, that's from that. There's way more women out there than men. Just the numbers Mm -hmm. just, just don't go for women. So let's say that there's way more women than men. And then you whittle down the men to just, Maybe half the men are worth something. So that's half the number of men before. And so the odds are even worse. Men have it it good because there's way more uh, women out there. There's way more for us to choose from than for you to choose from. This is true. Yep. So it's a numbers game. So with that being said, should women begin to accept 
that your man may be entertaining multiple women because there's more women no. <laughs> to take care of? No. Okay. One at a time. One at a time. Now, when I was 21, 20, that's, that'd be a different answer, but no. One at a time. Okay. Yeah. One at a time. Yeah. Okay. There's always certain ways to get a man or get a woman. Have you ever read the uh, the Five Love Languages book by Gary I've not read them in detail. I know what they are. And yeah. I've read a, a few snippets of the book. So there's the Five Love Languages are uh, acts of service. You like people to do stuff for you. Uh, gifts. You want gifts. That was my ex's love language. Ha, ha, ha. Um, mm. Quality time. You want people to spend time with you. Uh, physical touch. You want somebody to hold your hand and touch you. And uh, words of affirmation. You want someone to tell you that you look pretty, things like that. I think that once you get someone and you figure out their love language and you just hammer that love language, like if they're acts of service, you know, you cut their yard. And this is what I did uh, the past couple of girlfriends. This one girlfriend had a front yard that had never looked good. 